This is Laree Daniel Favors, and welcome to The Hub. for the New Jersey State Police. What in the good googa is going on? We have a, some allegations. There's a lawsuit that police are failing to process expungements. This is a big deal because if you have served your time, you can't get your records expunged. That's a problem. Joining me right now is Elizabeth Weil-Greenberg, our author of a, a really fascinating article in The Appeal that unpacks this issue a bit. Elizabeth, it's such a pleasure to have you here. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And I should have mentioned you are a senior reporter for The Appeal. Let's get all of your honorifics. Y'all, she has an extensive bio. Uh, But today she is here to talk about this article. What's going on in the state of New Jersey? If I've served my time and I'm entitled to having the record uh, of that time being expunged, what is happening that that's not happening? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. So the New Jersey state legislature and the governor have consistently expanded who can have their records expunged, which basically means that your record no longer exists. If you're filling out a job application and it says, have you ever been arrested or convicted of a crime? You can legally say no if your record has been expunged. Um, It means that when an employer runs a background check, nothing should show up. So it's really significant because, you know, as we all know, um, it is legal to discriminate against people with criminal convictions in, in the most important settings, right? In employment, in housing, in, you know, volunteering at your kid's you know, your kids or your grandkids schools. Um, So expungement is really critical for people. Um, And so on the one hand, we have the legislature and the governor expanding, greatly expanding who can apply for expungement, streamlining the process, doing all of those really good things. And then on the other hand, we have this huge bottleneck at the New Jersey State Police. Mm -hmm. Um, Something I didn't know until I started writing the story was that The New Jersey State Police is the only agency in New Jersey that can expunge a record. So the way the process works is that a court will order the record expunged, but it is not actually expunged. Like it's not, you're not actually for, not literally, but effectively hitting that delete key. The New Jersey State Police has to hit that delete key. Again, Mm. it's, it's being sealed, not, not deleted, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so and the court might the seal AC- it, but you need the the New Jersey State Police to actually hit that button. Otherwise, it's just a glaring red flag. And the, I'm I'm making an analogy. <laughs> it's a glaring red. There's something here. There's something here. It's still going to show up, even if the judge has ordered it. If the New Jersey State Police doesn't go on with that final step, that is 100% accurate. Mm. And so, what we have in New Jersey is they had, as of December of 2022, according to a public record request filed by the ACLU of New Jersey, more than 46,000 expungement orders that I'm had sorry, not been what? processed. What? 40, 46,000 records are in a backlog to be expunged? That's astonishing to me because, as you mentioned, that's 46,000 cases of people who are going to have difficulty explaining this to a potential employer, going to have difficulty getting housing, can't even volunteer at their kid's school. And that, to me, considering how much I prize parents being present in the school, can't even be a part of that school community. That's astonishing to me. What is the New Jersey State Police? What are they saying is at the cause of this? 
That's a great question. Um, I reached out to them for comment um, when the lawsuit was filed and they said, we don't comment on pending litigation. Um, I, I should also note that um, the legislation, it's known as the clean slate legislation in New Jersey, which again expanded um, you know, who can apply for expungement, which was uh, signed into law, I believe in 2019. At that time, actually, the New Jersey State Police were given an additional $15 million to implement these reforms. Oh, come on. Wait a minute. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Not only did they have a mandate to process these expungements, it was a funded mandate, $15 million. So I was going to say, maybe they don't have the, maybe Elizabeth Weil uh, Greenberg, maybe they don't have the, the resources, maybe they don't have the personnel, but they just got $15 million to process these expungements and they're at a 46,000 backlog. Has there been any state audit of any sort to determine where those funds went that should have been going to process these these expungements? That's an excellent question. And I, I don't know, but I can I will definitely look into that. That's a fantastic question. I'm just like, where'd that money go? Because I know a lot of kids in Newark who could use some of that money. I know a lot of kids in, in Essex County, Hudson Union could could use those. Patterson, I, we could, there's places that money could have gone. And to continue exacerbating the harm uh, for folks who are trying to get their life straight, trying to get on the straight and narrow, you and I both know, this audience is well aware, that being able to secure employment after incarceration is often going to determine whether or not you engage in, in active activities that may cause you to, to have recidivate. I'm going to mess up the word. What is it? Recidivize? Recidivate? You know what I mean. Go back to jail. Like, like, like so this is this is massive in terms of the impact. What are New Jersey residents saying about this? How have, how has this impacted their ability to just grapple with the reality post-incarceration uh, when they are literally still in some ways trapped? Yeah, that's that's a great question. And in the lawsuit, there are, I, I believe it's six named plaintiffs, although it's filed really on behalf of the thousands of people who are in this situation. And it's had devastating consequences for people. Um, there's uh, one person, she's in her 70s and wants to um, apply to become a substitute teacher. And she hasn't because she's afraid that her application has not, that her expungement order has not been processed because that's another piece of this is that the New Jersey State Police, they're also no longer notifying people of the status of their application of if wow. the expungement order um, has been processed or not. So you have people are are experiencing you know on on the one hand there one person in the in the lawsuit um applied for a massage license um with the state and was told um you know well we flagged your application because of this uh your criminal background which i should say was many many years earlier and mm. connected to um you know substance use issues um but they said not only did we flag your application but you told us you've never been convicted of a crime. And it seems like, you know, wow. can you explain why you answered that way? Um, so we, so that was one scenario that, that happened. Um, another was, like I said, this woman doesn't even um, want to apply to become a substitute teacher because she's concerned that um, the criminal conviction will come up. And, you know, 
we all know, of course, that who's arrested and who's criminalized has everything to do with race, has everything to do with class in this country. But there's still such a stigma around someone having a criminal conviction that people don't want to feel that embarrassment and shame. Um, Someone else was not um, has not been allowed to coach his kids' sports teams, um, mm. and so yeah, they, and you know this this has had really terrible, um, you know, really terrible consequences for people. You know, I'm thinking about the the actual person who's applying or wants to apply for this position or access to this resource. And then I'm thinking about the family members, right? Because if I'm a young child and my dad has finally come home from being on the other side and and he's trying to make a, you know, a real positive impact in our the lives of our family and he goes out to apply to coach my, you know, baseball, basketball team. I'm excited about my dad coming to, you know, to the games and to be a part of that. Not only does the father or, or the person who applied for the position Position, bear that shame and that stigma and almost has to relive that. But then so does their family, right? So does that that entire family is then put in a position where if there is a the need for additional resources to come into the household in terms of economics, you need somebody else to get a job, you need someone there to be a support. This is traumatizing not just these 46,000 people, but I'm thinking that it's an exponential increase on that number because of the family members who are also bearing this burden as well. That stress that comes with trying to find a job for people who are not incarcerated is so significant. It seems to me that there has to be some rationale, some reason that the New Jersey State Police, with an additional $15 million, uh, would would have, and I guess we'll find this out in the lawsuit. Uh, what's the current status of this lawsuit filing? Have, uh, have we heard a response from, uh, has there been an answer entered by the New Jersey State Police as yet, or are we still waiting for that response? You know, that's a good question. I'm not 100% sure if they filed a response yet. I, I checked in with the Office of the Public Defender yesterday and and asked for, a, you know, if there had been any status update. They said there hadn't been, but that they had been hearing from a lot of people actually since it was filed um, that, yes, this is the situation that I'm in too. I had a court say my record should be expunged, but it hasn't been, um, it hasn't been expunged yet. Mm. Wow. I, I, you know, I, it's one thing to to say, as I mentioned earlier, I think part of the, the issue for me, one of the biggest issues for me in all of this is the fact that they were funded to provide this service. Because again, if you tell me to do something that's going to require an additional number of staff hours, it's going to require reallocation of internal resources, and you don't give me the resources to do that, then a delay don't like it, but it makes sense. At least it, 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 there's a logical reason for it. To have been allocated $15 million to engage in this work, uh, it, it's worrisome. We're looking in the state of New York. at the Clean Slate is pa- just passed here. Uh, this is a big deal. People are very excited about it. But as we saw with other issues like cannabis legalization, sometimes being one of the first to do a thing means that all the rest of the states get to see how you screwed it up in your first attempt and then do something better. So I, I'm hopeful that uh, New Yorkers are in other places where clean slate legislation is being contemplated or is is passing are going to be mindful of this because if there's only one agency that's going to be able to process the expungements and this is an agency that these are my words not yours for better or worse benefit from recidivism benefit in some way from seeing people I mean because if part of the business model is we arrest people who are doing things that are wrong and then we also are responsible for helping people who did something wrong to be in a position where they no longer have to do anything wrong but we're not going to actually execute that duty very well so we're putting people in a position where they're still having to navigate life basically in the underground that to me there there's some perverse incentives there I, I don't know if I'm reading too much into that is there am I missing something that makes that linkage of those perverse incentives 
something? I, should I look at this another way? Elizabeth, talk to me here. No, I, I mean, I, I think that's an excellent point. And, and I think the, the other thing I, I was sort of thinking about, right, because you look at this and you're like, well, why, right? Why is there a backlog? Because, you know, on the other hand, you can see, okay, there's a backlog. Let's all get, this is a crisis. Let's all figure out why this is happening. You know, why did it have to come to the point of the Office of the Public Defender, who has many, many important things to do, right? Why did it get to a point where they actually had to file a lawsuit? Why did it get to a point that, 46, there's a backlog, you know, as of December 2022, of a backlog of 46,000 cases, right? Um, This should have been flagged earlier, right? It should have been all hands on deck. And, you know, to me, when I see something like that, and I, I don't know if this is what is what is occurring, but it to me, it's that dehumanization that just permeates the legal mm-hmm. system, right? It's just yeah. like, there's just no sense of urgency. There's no sense that you're talking about more than 46,000 people who can't volunteer at their kids' schools. Um, so that that's kind of, you know, what, what I was thinking about is like, why, why did it get to this point? Why wasn't this crisis flagged earlier? And, and everyone comes to the table and is saying, you know, we have to fix this right away. No one should have to wait an extra day. Yeah. You know, and man, I'm, I'm all now you've got me thinking about the public defender's office. You, you, we know public defenders, they need, they could have used that $15 million. In fact, I guarantee you had the state of New Jersey given that $15 million to the New York, New Jersey public defenders, they would have had those expungements processed, <laughs> but they need those resources. And now instead of being able to allocate the uh, trials cost a lot of money going to court, especially a class action lawsuit, this requires requires a lot of effort and resources. And now instead of being able to use those resources to support the needs of those folks who need a public defender, they're now having to reallocate their resources and staff time to force the New Jersey State Police, an institution that I'm going to bet you dollars to donuts. I have no data to support this. It's just the gut feeling. I'm going to bet the New Jersey State Police has a far bigger budget than does the public defender's office. So again, putting people who are least empowered to resolve an issue in a position where they're the only ones who can bring attention to it it's it's just absolutely disgusting and and i think your point about the dehumanization effort or factor is really at the fore here and so i'm so grateful for your writing on this i saw the article and my jaw hit the floor uh because this is this would not be happening if we were talking about a different if we're talking about white collar criminals i don't this would be happening, Elizabeth. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to wait for you to get off the line so I don't uh, tie you up in any of my opinionating. I've got a lot of editorial opinions. So I appreciate you and your work at The Appeal. Thank you so much for this article. This was really helpful uh, in explaining what exactly is going on here. And again, well, folks, when we talk about articles or issues that are specific to a jurisdiction, it's not because that's the only jurisdiction grappling with this. There are other states looking at clean slate type of approaches to helping people navigate life after incarceration. Uh, Elizabeth, so thank you so much for highlighting just how badly this can go when there's no one adding the pressure um, that thankfully the public defenders of New Jersey are going to be adding. How can people follow you and the work at the appeal that you're that you're putting out? You guys do some great work over there. Oh, thank you so much for saying that. Um, I really appreciate it. Um, we're online at theappeal.org. Um, um, I'm on Twitter for now at um, Elizabeth <laughs> Weil, um, W-E-I-L-L. Um, and we're a worker-led nonprofit newsroom uh, focused on exposing the harms of the criminal legal system. Really appreciate your work. This is why local journalism matters. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 